1: All right, we're going to come into the time of the word, so uh, please take a seat, be seated. Just throw down that thanks, Ruthie. Thank you, Craigie. Sorry, Pastor Paul was supposed to be preaching this morning, but as you can see, yes, I'm not Pastor Paul, I'm shorter, hairier, greyer, and cuter, and I can say that. Because Pastor Paul's not here to defend himself, so. What about his daughters? So So, uh, before we do anything, let's just say a quick little prayer about this word. So Father, Lord, as we come around your word this morning, Father, I pray give us ears to hear. Father, let your spirit speak, Lord. It's not much use, Lord, saying words without your spirit, Lord. So, Father, speak to your people this morning. Speak to us, Lord. Father, we open our hearts to you. Lord, we don't take offense at your scripture. We embrace it. Your word is truth. So, Father, we lift your name. We glorify your name, Lord. Present yourself true and right in this word this morning, Lord. We bless you. And praise you in Jesus' name, Hallelujah. Amen and Amen. And I've got a little clicker here today, so I'm hoping that's going to work. Oh, well, wow. yeah, They're getting really flash now. So let's see if this works. Oh, thank you, Lord. Right, that makes life much easier. The uh, foundation scripture for this message, Mark 1, 16 to 20. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, if you've got Bibles, just to make sure I'm not telling fibs when I read it. Mark chapter 1, verses 16 to 20. And Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you become fishers of men. Or other versions say, I'll send you out to fish for people. And straight away they forsook their nets, and they followed him. And when he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. And without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. They followed Jesus. They became followers of Jesus. Are you a follower of Jesus? What do you call yourself when people ask you who you are or what you are? Does the label that you give others about being a Christian or whatever, does it really describe who you are? Do you actually live what you call yourself or do you fool yourself? So what do you call yourself? Do you claim that you're a Christian, a Catholic, Pentecostal, Messianic, Saturday Christian, Sunday Christian, Torah observant? Do you like a little fancy title on your name badge? And does the label match the person? Again, sorry, are you a Sunday Christian looking good on a Sunday? And the rest of the week, living a little bit differently. There's a couple of king hits in this uh, message. It's not aimed at anybody. If you take offense, take offense at the scripture, not at me. You can hate me, but I'm going to read what the scripture says, not what you want to hear. So are we one kind of a person on a Sunday? And are we another kind of person through the week? Why do we why do I even ask that? Because the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves to whether you see to whether to see you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do, not re, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? We're going to look at a scripture scripture later that shows that some Christians. Alleged Christians will indeed fail the test. But uh, isn't asking Jesus into our heart enough? Isn't that all we have to do? Just ask Jesus into our heart and that's it? You know, I've heard some messages where the pastors are asking people to put their hand up and they're almost asking, like, come on, do Jesus a favor, he's lonely, you know, put your hand up for him. And there's many times we use a sinner's prayer. You know, uh, Lord, just come into my heart. I like what Pastor David Platt says. "Is it does it bother you that there is no such prayer in the Old Testament or New Testament? Jesus' first prayer was not, let me into your heart. Jesus' first message was not, let me into your heart. The scripture doesn't say and Jesus approached the people and then the the band played nice slow songs. Jesus changed the coloured lights. The smoke machine started up and the professional speaker got up and did his evangelistic speech. Jesus said, repent. Repent. In Matthew... 417 we see from that time on jesus began to preach repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near repent and repent in greek is metanoia metanoia it's used 36 times in the new testament it means to change one's mind to change one's mind for the better to heartily amend and with abhorrence with abhorrence of one's past sins that means you absolutely are disgusted with your past sins that's what Jesus said the first thing we have to do when we come to him so not only was the first message that Jesus preached all about repentance even his last message to the church In Revelation 3.19 says, Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. He's talking to Christians. Be earnest and repent. Are you being earnest and repenting every day as Jesus commanded? Or are we just playing games? Living a life of faith is a little more than putting your hand up in an emotional moment. So why is there so much confusion about what a Christian is today? Because a lot of us are at a disadvantage in the church today. We are so programmed with our Western thinking and church traditions for the last 2,000 years that we've really lost the message and the impact of the New Testament. And the New Testament is simply an extrapolation um, of the Old Testament. They are one. This is because the Hebrew mindset is very different to the Western thinking. Eastern and Western thinking is very, very different. So they followed Jesus, the scripture said before. But what does that mean? Did they go out, see what he did for a couple of hours, and then go home and say, that was interesting? Or perhaps they just added Jesus to their busy life and just made another dimension, an added dimension in their lives. What is a follower? What is a so-called Christian Is it one who sets aside the Sabbath or a Sunday to go to church or synagogue or messianic synagogue? Maybe a greater Christian is someone that goes to a midweek meeting. If you're not in midweek meetings, if you're not in home group, connect group, get in one. You need to be connecting. I remember watching a church service where on the stage there were coffins everywhere. And the church band was playing... ACD song, ACDC's song, On the Highway to Hell. And they had flamethrowers going up from this stage, coloured lights flashing, and then the pastor got up and did a little spiel about just accepting Jesus into your heart and all these young guys and druggy looking people and everybody else put their hand up for Jesus. And who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to live the way that you're living and have Jesus. No, no mention of repentance. None. Is that what being a Christian is all about? Or remember watching another church service with some uh, scantily clad girls were dancing around in a worldly kind of performance singing worship. And I'm sure most guys wouldn't have been thinking of worship when they were looking at them. How are we measured by the Lord as being a Christian? Is it how many times we say hallelujah? Is it because we come to church on a Sunday? How big our church is, does that make us a bigger Christian? Or if we donate money? Is it belonging to a certain church or denomination and then listening and and proclaiming what the denomination teaches rather than what the Bible teaches? Is it being quiet, not making a stand or making trouble against the changing morals and culture of today, so we're not seen as troublemakers, that we're seen as loving and tolerant. How does Jesus judge you and I as true disciples? Is it because our families went to church? That's our culture. We come from a church culture. Is it according to what I say and what you say and believe? Or... Is it according to what God says? Are you a true follower or just a fooler? What was Jesus saying when he said, Come, follow me? What did the disciples understand that he meant when he said that? And how does that relate to us today, really? We're going to look at what a true disciple of Jesus is, not according to our culture and traditions but according to the Word of God. The first century, followers of Jesus were called disciples. And disciples was a common term. There were many disciples because there were many rabbis that the disciples were under. And a disciple did either two things. They followed the rabbi part-time, or they gave up everything and followed him full-time. They went, uh, went with him, followed him, slept with him, ate with him, just did everything that the rabbi did they were sold out to following the rabbi trying to look like sound like he was and the early believers were not called christians that happened many years later in a place called antioch some debate whether that's a good term or a derogatory term or whatever but they weren't called christians for quite some time in acts 24:14 it says they were called the way the way and that's because Jesus said in John uh, 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Proverbs 12, 28 says, In the path of righteousness is life, and its pathway, and in its pathway there is no death. The early disciples were also called Nazarenes, or Nazarim in Hebrew. Nazarenes because Jesus came from Nazareth. Not to be confused with Nazarites. A Nazarite was someone that took a vow, wouldn't shave their head, never drank wine, etc. A Nazarene was someone that came from Nazareth. And they were also referred to as Galileans because that's where they came from, all the early disciples in Jesus, the, from the Galilee. And the Galilee was considered kind of like the, you know, one of the lower class kind of places where all the dummies come from. So it's interesting that Jesus came from that area. So the true followers of Jesus were simply called disciples of Yeshua. And everyone knew what a disciple was back then, but today. Not many of us really know what a disciple is. So let's go back to our foundation scripture and find out what it means to follow Jesus. Again, Mark 16, Mark chapter 1, sorry, 16 and 20. Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew, casting the net for the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Come, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And straight away they forsook their nets, and they followed him. And when he had gone a little farther, he saw James the son of Zebedee and his brother John in a boat preparing the nets. Without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. I want to um, give you another possible additional meaning to that. He was not only saying to the fishermen, I'm going to make you fishers of men. He's saying to all of us, whatever profession you're in, I'm going to make you fishers of men in that. Because butchers can talk to butchers. Lawyers to lawyers, widows to widows, former alcoholics and druggies to current alcoholics and druggies. Whoever you are in life, whatever you are, Jesus says, I'm going to use you to talk to the people that can relate to you. So let's break this down a little bit more, because in the English, it's uh, not as uh, dramatic as it is when we look at the words. You see, I've got the words coloured come, follow me, followed and followed. Now, obviously, come would be a different word, but similar to followed, followed and follow me. And you would think all three of those followed would be the same word, but it's not. It's not. And could I get my beautiful assistant, Amani, to come up, please? Oh, thank you, Marty. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you, Amani. So come up here, Dom, just for a second. So Amani's just going to help me so I can illustrate a couple of things. Notice I said, come to Amani. And she came up. The Greek word for come is dute. Dute, and it just means to come away. Leave what you had, come. Like a decision a soldier makes serving his superior. Billy Graham said, when we come to Christ, we are no longer the most important person in the world to us, supposedly. Christ is. Instead of living only for ourselves, we have a higher goal to live for Jesus. And the word, follow me, is the Greek word, opiso. Opiso, and it means to come, follow, and come behind. Can I get you to come behind me for one second, Amani? Thank you. So when it says, follow me, come behind, Amani, is behind me and just like we learned in a few weeks ago i gave a message on the lord as our shepherd the sheep were kept safe by the shepherd the predators who wanted to kill the sheep first had to go through the shepherd he was the door he was the gateway and so when jesus says come behind me he's saying i'm in front of you no one's going to touch you while i'm there And when people see that the Lord is behind you, just like Amani's behind me, firstly, they see me, not Amani. And when we walk with the Lord, people should see Jesus first in our lives, not just us. The next word is followed. And that's another Greek word. And it means to accompany, to attend, to follow, to cleave steadfastly, which means to hold on tightly, to conform wholly to his example, living in and if need be, dying also to that example, to be tied to and to be united to. And so I'll just go ahead in my little Woolworths bag. Alcohol, Alcohol sorry. <laughs> uh, bad advertising. So here's a little uh, illustration I prepared earlier. Amani, can you describe that end, please, Dom? So what it's talking about—sorry, oh, what it's talking about is when we follow Jesus, we attach ourselves to Jesus. Can I just get you to go over there a bit and just keep walking until it stretches? That's enough. Thank you. So when we attach ourselves to Jesus. This word is meaning that we are attached like by a string, like Amani's attached to me. So she has a limited range while she's holding on to me. And Jesus will never, ever let us go. In John 10, 27 and 28, Jesus said this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will peri- never perish. Neither will any man snatch them out of my hand. No one can take you out of the Lord's hand. So if Amani tries to go away further and further, the rope it will stop her. So how does the Lord stop us? He whispers. He whispers in a voice he whispers in a voice sorry I thought I had the Isaiah reference Isaiah 30 21 says whenever you turn to the right hand or to the left your ears will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it so when we try to walk another way from Jesus he whispers to us his spirit whispers to us and says don't go that way but if we're not sensitive to his voice then we're going to go the other way. And there's only one way that Amani can go further than this. And you can let the rope go down. Thanking you. The only way that we can get away from Jesus' way is by letting go of the rope. And when we let go of the rope, we're no longer under the protection and the care of the shepherd. We're no longer... In the pen we are on the outside and as you can see the wolves are chasing that little lamb and that's what we are little lambs and you can be assured that the enemy is going to target you when you stop walking in the ways of the lord when you think i'll be right 1 peter 5 8 says thank you Amani. can you just everyone give the money a little clap god bless you darling thank you 1 Peter 5 eight warns us, be sober-minded and alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He is waiting for us to slip up. He is waiting for us to tear us apart spiritually. So we need to be attached to Jesus. That's what following Jesus means, attached. And again, it says, and they followed. They followed and the Greek for that is apachamai, and I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, I'm not good with Greek. And it means I come or go away, I depart, I return, I go after, I follow, I go off, aside or behind. I depart to go, and it's got a whole other heap of meanings, just meaning I go away, I've gone. And so what does it mean that we leave and have gone and have departed when we follow Jesus And I was in a business some years ago, and uh, it was a very successful business, and I was making good sales as were the other people in the group. But one of the senior colleagues of the uh, business uh, became corrupt, as did another one. And so we were pouring more money into the business. but um, they were being dishonest. I wasn't, and even though I was making 150 grand a year, it was honest money. And I became alarmed with that, and was asking the Lord, you know, I can't really stay in this business, Lord, if I, if this continues, because um, I'll be pulled in as part of it, even though I'm not doing it. And uh, so I had to really pray about it because I'd been in the business four years. And in the fifth year, I would then earn a part of a, uh, the business. I would earn a percentage of the business. And uh, so I had to really pray and ask the Lord, uh, what do I do, you know? And I thought, well, there's no greater place. I went to Israel for a couple of months to study in Israel. I thought, well, there's no greater place to hear from God than in Jerusalem. So I went there and was fasting and praying and said, Lord, what do you want me to do about this business? I loved the business. I loved meeting people. I loved making money, which was good. It was honest money, like I said. But it wasn't a good business to be in because of the corruption that had entered the business. And so I prayed and I was at a Jerusalem uh, church one morning and a pastor who I never knew um, wanted to talk to me. And they said he had a prophetic gift and he came up and said to me, um, you know, uh, God is... um, God is calling you to uh, the ministry and he said, does this make sense? He said, I just see like you're at a university and God's giving you a, um, like a scholar's thing, you know, where a, 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 a degree or something. He said, does that make sense? And I said, yes. I was at that time studying a master's degree. I said, yes. I thought, well, that's an encouragement, but it didn't answer my question. I was saying, Lord, what do I do about this small business? Do I leave it and become broke um, and have to start all over again, reinvent myself? Or what do I do? And I was just praying and praying. And then the next um, Saturday, it was a church service. They have church services on the Saturday, as well as Sundays. And um, I was in a Baptist church. And the pastor preached actually from Mark, what we preached uh, from this morning, the verses that we looked at, and was saying that these disciples left everything. They left their small business to follow Jesus. And that was a word to me. I said, Oh, okay, Lord. I didn't want to give up my position because it was good money, and it was a career, and it was something I liked. But I had to decide whether I wanted to do what I wanted or to follow Jesus. And so I decided, okay, Lord, and I resigned and uh, was broke. But, you know, the Lord promises us in Matthew nineteen twenty nine, anyone and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife and children or fields or businesses... For my sake, we'll receive a hundred times as much more and will inherit eternal life. There are times in our lives where God expects us to give up the past, to give up what we relied on. And this is not just a New Testament. This is not just a New Testament thing. This is right back in the Old Testament. If you want to turn to Genesis 12... Genesis 12, ch- verse 1. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And this is uh, the first five books of the Bible are broken up into weekly portions. And the weekly portion for this section of the Bible is called Lech Lecha. And it starts with Genesis chapter 12. And it just simply means go forth yourself and um sorry i'm slow getting to it genesis chapter 12 verse 1 god's talking to moses and it says now the lord again said to ah sorry god's talking to abram now the lord again said to abram get out of your country from your family from your father's house and to the land i will show you and the rabbis Take note that normally God would say, "Well, leave your house, you know, leave leave the town you're in, and leave the country," but God reversed it and said, "Leave your father's house, uh, leave your country, and then leave your town, and leave your father's house." So they said, "There's a spiritual lesson in that for us." And what the Lord was telling Abraham is exactly what Jesus was saying to the disciples: "Leave everything behind. You are now coming to." A new land, a new way of living. You know, Abraham is is likened to a bottle of perfume, and when he became a monotheist, when he became a lover of the one true God, everyone around him was pagan. Everyone around him was worshiping multiple gods, and they liken Abraham to a bottle of perfume. A bottle of perfume is of no real good until it's opened and everyone can enjoy its fragrance. And that's why Abraham was sent out and lived in the crossroads, in the busy pathways, so he could teach others about the one true God, that he could show others what giving and caring and loving was all about. Abraham was the first man of faith that we are all related to. We are descendants of Abraham spiritually. And Abraham is an example to us that God wants us to leave everything behind Luke 14 26 27 says if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father or mother wife and children brothers and sisters yes even their own life such a person cannot be my disciple and whoever does not carry the, their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple that sounds like a horrible scripture how can you hate your mother and father and it's absolute in absolute contradiction to other scriptures that says honor your father and mother What Jesus is saying is exactly the message taught throughout the Bible, and that is when it comes to our old family traditions, our cultural heritage, all those are good and they're all wonderful. They're given by God. But when our cultures and our traditions conflict with or oppose or disobey the word of God, We then must go with kingdom thinking we've got to change from the past to the new way of thinking god's way of thinking we have to learn to leave everything behind just like everyone else did abraham the disciples and everybody else that followed jesus so the question for you is are you leaving everything behind are you really following jesus are we true followers of the Lord is Jesus just another accessory to your life or is he necessary to your life is he just another thing in your life or is he really the king in your life as Boppa says is Jesus your steering wheel or your spare wheel are you holding on to Jesus or have you let go of the rope to do your own thing each of us are called by the Lord A few scriptures and we'll be finished. We won't go into that. It's not enough time. Um, 1 Corinthians one twenty six says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Do you understand that God has called you? God has called you. That's why you're here. That's why you're following the Lord, because God has called you and you have answered that call. So what does God want us to do? In Deuteronomy ten, twelve, and now with Israel, what does the Lord require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk all in his ways, to love him, to serve him, and to love God with all your heart and with all your soul. In Micah 6, 8, it says something similar. He has shown you, old oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Does that sound like you? Does it sound like me? Well, this is what we need to be doing. So simple. And in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, Jesus said it all. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. The reality of following Jesus is this, as Scott McKnight notes. Those who aren't following Jesus aren't his followers. It's just that simple. Followers follow him. Followers follow, and those who don't aren't followers. Does that make sense? Is that pretty simple? Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another as I loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Are we doing that? Are we loving each other? Is there anyone that you have a grudge against right now? drop it forgive is there anyone that you see in need we should be helping that's loving not just having a nice funny thought in our heart so how do we get there how do we become true followers of the lord we're finishing now pretty simple prayer and fasting the things that we don't want to do are the things that are going to get us through so things that the enemy doesn't want us to do prayer and fasting Daily Bible reading. Jesus in Matthew 4, 4 said that the word of God was just as important, if not more, than your daily food. Meditating and pondering, just thinking about the word of God. Talking and discussing about the word of God. A daily commitment. Does everyone know what a commitment is? That means you're going to get up in the morning and start your day with the Lord. A daily commitment. And that means a daily relationship with the Lord The disciples left their small business and careers to follow Jesus. They answered the call, and God has called you. Have you, or will you, answer the call? Will you start being real? Maybe you think that's not for you. I just want to leave you with six verses for you to think about what Jesus meant by this. In Matthew 7. 21, actually I'll go from verse 20 uh, down to 27. Jesus said, therefore by your fruits you will know them. So we're known by the fruits that we bear. How's your fruit looking incidentally? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Okay, so who calls Jesus Lord? Only the Christians. The Hindus don't, the Buddhists don't, Muslims don't. And the atheists don't. Christians, or well, the pseudo-Christians from the J-dubs and the Mormons. But only those who call Jesus Lord um, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But those who do, not anyone who calls Jesus Lord, but those who do the will of his Father. So many, notice that, many, not a few, many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many mighty wonders in your name? And then Jesus said, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them to a wise man who built the house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came down, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and they beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Jesus says that many one day who claim to being Christians, who claim to have done many things for him, they will be told to depart from him because he didn't know them. And know in Hebrew thinking means Intimacy. Do you know the Lord intimately? Are you walking with the Lord intimately every day? And if you're not, like that Scott McKnight said, followers follow, and those who don't follow aren't followers. So I I encourage you today, get real with God. Get real with God, because we are living in dark times. As someone prayed this morning, we're getting more and more slow but sure persecution in this nation. And We will only be able to stand through all the hard times if we stand with the Lord. So, I'm just going to pray. Let's just bow our heads for a minute. Father, I pray, Lord, help us to be real. Help us to be real in our walk, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, if we haven't really walked for you properly. Father, help us to get out of party mode and start getting into purity mode. Help us to start repenting every day, Lord. Help us to be the light of the world that we're supposed to be, Lord. Forgive us of our wrongs. Encourage us. Guide us. Lift us up, Father. Lord, I pray your manifold blessings upon each one of us. As we go out today, may we be filled afresh with your spirit. May we be filled afresh with your encouragement. May we be filled afresh, Lord, with your challenge to walk for you in a deeper, more intimate way. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for joining Life City Church, and we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.